0: Alright, we're back, Creator Club Podcast, you're here with John Marsh, and today on the show we've got a conversation with Timon from Bonobo, which is a gym located in Wellington, New Zealand, and at Bonobo, Timon and the team focus on play-based movement for kids. I actually went over and visited Bonobo a couple of years back, very cool space, really cool gym, and it's really cool what the team there is doing. So in the conversation today, we talk about Timon's backstory, how he got into basically coaching kids, right? And the decision to pull the trigger on a space, set up a gym, start Bonobo, we'd cover all of that. We also talk about the growth of the gym and the member base. And then we dive into just some of our own thoughts on training for kids and the whole movement thing for kids and the implications or the power that that has in the physical side, but then also the mental mindset side for the kids as well. And we sort of go back and forth on that and share a little bit of our own upbringing and experience in that area. This is a great episode with a lot of important information, and particularly for any coaches, trainers, gym owners, studio owners, maybe you have a space, maybe you want to get a space and grow a business in that area. One thing you'll pick up is a really focused approach by Team One and the team, and you'll see how much he has kind of zeroed in the entire Bonobo world around kids and play-based movement for kids, right? So it's a it's a very specific and narrow but deep area that he's focused in. All right, let's jump into the show. You're here with John Marsh and this is the Critical Club podcast. Maybe to kick us off, if you could give us some context on how you got into running a gym that primarily focuses on kids, like where where are you and how did you get into that space?
1: I mean, I played heaps of sport when I was a teenager and then my, well, previous career and also current career is in swim coaching. So I got into learn to swim teaching, young kids, into competitive coaching. And then around, so I did that from about the year 2000 and then 2014, I kind of, I can't, I honestly can't remember the, the kernel that it came from, but had this idea of a gym for kids that wasn't gymnastics. So generally you just see that kids either play team sports or they'll go into gymnastics or gymnastics based kind of programs within a yeah. gymnasium. And I just saw this opportunity. There was nothing for kids that like to express themselves in that way and give them a chance to kind of do it and challenge themselves and in, in sort of climbing and running just general kid stuff. So I. I actually set up a coffee with a a girl I knew who was into CrossFit, was a CrossFit coach and CrossFit competitor. And we kind of brainstormed a few ideas, but she didn't really develop anything from there because she changed industries. And then I still had this idea floating in the back of my mind. So I hadn't actually done any, I mean, I'd been through the swim coaching qualifications, but I hadn't done any movement qualifications. So I just did the basic cert four in 2015, just to kind of give me a a bit of a benchmark or or platform to move from. And then I had a situation with the swim club I was working in where um, I basically put my future into the hands of the club. I applied for a job and I was, if I got the job, I was going to stay in competitive swimming. If I didn't get the job, I was going to take the opportunity to leave and pursue this idea from, from earlier and I didn't get the job <laughs> and I, I, it's interesting. Cause I, I never envisioned back then kind of a future without like competitive swimming, but I actually almost felt relieved and kind of excited that I was going to get a chance to do something else. Cause I was 35 at the time. And then having a, had about two months worth of income paid out from the club. So I had a short time frame to work with. Luckily my my father's a commercial property developer and they actually had a space that I was able to go and see. It was it still wasn't finished, but it kind of that got the excitement buzzing a little bit and I actually thought, wow, this is could be real. But I was still very, very raw in that industry. I didn't feel confident like running kids kind of that that kind of movement class. So I approached a local springboard diving coach, James, and we met for coffee and I kind of ran through my idea and he'd actually be funnily enough thinking about the same thing. and that gave me the confidence to kind of push forward and say, well, let's do this because there is like, it was, it was a, yeah, it was a big call because we're going to have to get some money and yeah, literally starting from scratch, we, yeah. we both Kind of had, had an idea of where we wanted to go, but really no idea how it would happen. So we, uh, we got planning on how we'd fit out the space, kind of what it might look like, Made a bunch of mistakes, underestimated delivery times of how long equipment took to actually get to working order, spent way more money than planned on we had it in a position to open and start of 2017 and yeah (laughs) had two kids yeah (laughs) two kids to start with and then we grew we grew quite a bit we got about 25 or so kids after the first school holidays Uh, and then we, we we grew up over about two and a half years to around 90 then the pandemic hit and we kind of sat just below that for a couple of years and now we've grown up to around 115, 120. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: was James's background when he's taught diving, was that with kids?
1: Yeah. So he that was all with kids. So kind of five year olds through to to, well he's he's had Olympian compete in the last couple of years. And a lot of his land-based training because obviously they don't all do they, they learn a lot of the diving skills in the pool but they also have to do a lot of land-based conditioning and he'd kind of developed his own system for conditioning divers and very much around training them as general athletes not not specific to diving he loved them doing i mean they'd go out and kick a soccer ball around and
0: yeah okay a
1: lot of a lot of coordination based stuff that's completely or just just really important for kids
0: yeah I wonder if you could talk a bit about that I think something that comes to mind is like you know you said at the very start when you grew up you did all kinds of stuff and that was what it was like for me I remember just doing everything and then when we were in Melbourne and we had the gym there was we would speak to a lot of the parents and they would have their kids in like between you know one to four formal sports like on Thursday, Johnny goes to soccer on Friday, you know, he does gymnastics on Monday. It's like, you know, it's like this very regimented style of (laughs) sport. And this feels kind of opposite to what you're like, you've got a class structure, but maybe could you talk a little bit about that? Because do you think that's something that's changed? And is that sort of something that you're addressing and how you kind of work with kids? Is that sort of the area
1: you're going in? So I think, I mean, I haven't got a lot of experience with team sports now. I can just remember what I was like as a kid. And I know what I do have an understanding of is I think kids these days have a lot more choice. They, they, and if they if they go into a team sport and they feel a little bit lost, then they, if they don't like it, they're not going to do it. It's not like twenty five, twenty thirty 20, 30 years ago when there was a limited opportunities for kids to get into activity. So, I think now with the choice, they and I speak to a few parents about it. Is they they will generally try a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of kids that just don't engage with it. So, what what we've found is, especially with the classes, like having fun and engagement is the most absolute most important thing. If the if the kids come in, have fun, and want to come back. We've kind of done our job so we generally structure everything around games and challenges kids love a goal and they also love games they like competing with each other or competing with themselves so all of our skill development is done through games and challenges and we try and keep the kids moving as much as we can through the class because they don't like sitting down and listening to you talk they want to get up and try do me. stuff <laughs> so keeping them moving observing what they like like really paying attention to what like seeing what they like and and seeing which games they respond to the most and being really adaptable and how we how we adjust our program towards that we're constantly refining things to to do what's more kind of kid centric i guess
0: yeah if you were to describe sort of the problem that you solve or the kind of the inefficiency or the gap that you know, there was the gymnastics with the structured sports and then your approach, how would you summarize that difference? Like what was, what is what you're doing, giving the kids that they weren't getting in the other options?
1: So I think one thing is the opportunity to literally do what they want. So you go into a team sport. There's a certain skill base that you need to be good at. Either you need to run fast or you need to have good hand eye coordination. If you don't have those, then you're probably not going to enjoy it that much. Whereas you come into our gym, there's so many options of things that they can do. They're going to find something that they are good at. And that's all kids need. If you feel like you're good at something, you probably want to do it again. Mm. So I guess the variety of things is one. The second one is the attention that they get. So we have a high coach to, student and we really place an emphasis on giving every kid individual attention through every class.
0: What are some of the things that the kids do? Like just walk us through some of the I've seen people tumbling and doing flips off of things and onto mats and walking on so, beams and stuff.
1: Yeah. So we we I mean if you take all of the typical things that a kid generally loves doing balancing on things, climbing, jumping over things rolling around tag, all of that kind of kid centric, kid centric stuff. We have, we've identified the different skills that kind of make up those things and how we can progress them from a kid who's a little bit nervous or might not be that great at it, the kids that just do things that are incredible. (laughs) I mean, five-year-olds like jumping off two meter high platforms. (laughs) Mm. So it's kind of, we've just. All we've done is is take those kind of core fundamental human skills that could, that pretty much every kid loves doing and turned it into a series of games and challenges where they can progress themselves in it.
0: One of the things that it makes you think about is like, if you do the training for adults, you might do like a CERT three and four or a CrossFit certification or a check certification or something and you get this sort of framework to teach adults a certain thing. Whereas it sounds like for you, A, that may or may not even exist, but B, you've sort of kind of gone through the other way, like watching, you're watching, almost seeing emotional feedback and seeing the energy that they're doing. And then you're using that to build the product, like build the, build the classes and stuff out from what you're seeing. Does that,
1: I think, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think I did when we first opened, I mean, I look back now and I'm horrified at like the naivety that I had, I did, (laughs) I went and did a move certification in 2017. Uh And that really kind of shifted my, my thoughts on what I guess exercise could be. So that was a really big item for me. It was, it was those that don't know what movement is, it's kind of nature, Mm. I guess they've, they've kind of marketed themselves as, and so I did learn the basic techniques of some of those kind of parkour and natural movement skills. And I think that that did give me a little bit more confidence with, with knowing what to teach and how to do it. But as you say, the observation and, and just watching kids move and getting a feel for their different confidence levels is is probably the biggest thing that's influenced our program because kids don't learn like adults learn they 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 need like they need to feel comfortable (laughs) i say that some adults still learn in, in the same way but i guess they lost my train of thought now
0: i saw this article once years back and it was talking about these cultures. I think it was from Peru. And it was talking about this way of learning that the kids had there. They called it learning, learning by observation and pitching in. It was like the kid's job was to watch the thing that was happening and then have a go and basically play with the activity, whatever it was, like carrying something or whatever and then they would get feedback like one of the elders would like sort of shake their head or they'd give them a bit of encouragement or whatever how much yeah how much are the kids learning from just basically getting amongst it sort of thing i know that sounds broad but like are you no, really breaking thing down or are they or are they just kind of jumping in and going
1: so the way that we would teach a skill is we will show them physically a bunch of different options because the the really confident kids want to see what the possibility is and the kid that isn't that confident needs to see an option for them if they don't see an option for them they kind of just freeze and, and don't want to do it so. giving them a visual like example of, of the thing that you want to teach is the first part and then we generally will structure a game say tag if you get tagged you have to do one ref of that skill. So they're doing it away from your eyes but also within your visual realm and you can help them correct them without the rest of the eyes on the group on them so it very much is a here's what we want you to do and give it a crack Mm. awesome giving it a crack is absolutely the first stage and the more that you encourage them to to keep going the more reps they do the more confident they're going to get the more the better they're going to get at that skill and the the better they're gonna get at trying new skills on top of that as well.
0: One one of the one of the women in Creator Club, she does sort of like she's an occupational therapist, OT, with kids, and so she does work with kids who some may have learning difficulties, some don't, some just work with her to kind of like improve coordination and emotional regulation and this kind of stuff. And it's one to one. And I've seen in her content that she talks a lot about movement. And I know that she's really big on movement and sort of encourages the kids and the parents to get the kids moving. And because there's a whole mental health side and you know, neural development side that they get from just the physical thing, right? Do you which isn't her main sort of gig, but it's sort of off to the side. Do you see the changes that you do physically or that the kids do physically trickle over and and whether it's confidence or zero do you believe that there's a mental health benefit that's obvious to you i mean i i'd imagine we all believe there is but do you see this and what are your thoughts kind of on that in in the culture
1: oh there absolutely is a correlation (laughs) i think i think i've got a young son now he's 20 almost two and their life is moving, like everything. Everything is movement. They, <laughs> the only time I see him still is when he's sleeping. And I think it just plays such a it just plays such an important role, like in in well, one in in just getting the body circulation going, but two in seeing the world and like engaging with things a lot more. And we see specifically. We get a lot of kids on the spectrum in our regular classes, and they fit in really well because we structure things in a way where you can have a kid that's really good at a skill and not so good within the same environment, and they both get to practice it at their level at the same time. So I think one, they get confidence of being around other kids and doing normal things. And they, I mean, the confidence that they get from achieving like things that they may not have thought that were possible. It's just, it's huge. Like we get mm. messages from parents, like just saying how much more they are willing to try things, like try new things, be social. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it was a big learning curve for me, like having such young kids in the class because most of my swimming coaching was kind of nine to 18. So having five year olds was a, I don't think I recognized it at the start. It was, it was quite natural. But over time, you realize that they're a lot different than six-year-olds. And six-year-olds are a lot different than seven-year-olds. And seeing how they seeing how they, they move and pick up things from being around other kids their age, yeah, it's, it's amazing watching them.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So when you... The, the other thing that just popped into my mind, and this isn't to, to assimilate dogs with kids, We got a little dog and if she doesn't get out for enough training then she just turns into a menace and i know it's the same for me right like if i don't get outside and train like blow off some energy doing something i probably turn into a menace as well and i'm wondering do you think that there's a do you think that there's a a link there too like did the parents come back and just kind of say hey little brian's like behaving better kind of thing like do you do you think that there's something playing out on that side just in terms of the general vibe and mood
1: i think i think we see that within the classes yeah like we get we we we've had we've also had a lot of adhd kids and you just get used to they just want to be on the move and they're great amazing but as long as like you have to recognize the individual kind of ways that they listen but keeping them moving, it just, their mood is, they just, yeah, they're in this environment where they don't have to stop. They can keep mm-hmm. doing things. They will engage with other kids really well, but that ability to not have to sit down and listen, I'm not saying that they don't sit down and listen in the classes, but <laughs> that ability to, to get amongst it, as you said before, is, is magic for them. I was talking to just I think it was yesterday, about just over this holiday season, how much when kids get outside during the day, just how much better they eat, how much better they sleep. And it all just cycles into more positivity, I guess. So getting, yeah, them, yeah keeping them active is just so important. Yeah.
0: I believe it's the same. I don't think it changes, man. I think that I, I watch myself and I'm like, you know, cause obviously my work's on zoom, zoom, a lot of zoom calls and some of it's face to face, but tell you what, if there's a, if there's, too much weight on computers, you know, versus, and it's not like, I don't think you need to be always training or anything like that. But if it shifts too far, there's a very sudden and tangible shift in the mind that's not good. And and you can feel it. It's like, wow, it's like, I call it like social media mush brain. If you go on social media, or if you're on zoom, it's like, zoom brain, you know, but yeah, I don't think it even changes as you grow up. I'd say we're basically the same thing. Do you, what do oh, you reckon?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Like I'm the same. Like I can't handle sitting. <laughs> Admin for me is like kryptonite. Is it? It's like sitting in front of the computer screen. I just, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I just love watching, like even being in the environment and watching things. But being outside, being around people, it's just it, it's such a different mood than being cooked up inside. It's just, mm. yeah. The, and I think I've seen it with Teddy, my son. Like it's just completely obvious when it's raining, and like we've had to find activities to do when it's raining, even if it means going outside. and Well, he loves the rain, but getting outside and walking in the rain, obviously wrapping him up. But just the the when he's stuck inside without enough attention and without enough movement, it's just a completely different boy than when he's like we were last week where we were able to take him to the beach every day. He was always moving. He was around a lot of people just slept better, ate more everything. Yeah.
0: I know that you're doing for your own training, like you've done a lot of different, you've done a lot of, you mentioned move now. I know you've done, a lot of fight, fighting monkeys as well, and probably a bunch of other things. Do you want to talk just quickly on, like, how your any views that you've got on training, whether it's personal or the industry or your own experience, maybe how it relates to the what you do with the kids, or just even as an adult, and sort of a snapshot on what you've learned from your
1: experience? How do I answer this? <laughs> That's a tough question. I think. I was, I was searching for something back when we opened, I I saw a lot of systems and when I came across fighting monkey, I didn't see a system. I just saw people moving. And the more I kind of got into it, the more I realized, I mean, take, for example, MoveNet. half the stuff that they teach in MoveNet is what Teddy's doing now. Like there's no, it's just developmental patterns that humans just do. And I guess the attraction that I found from fighting monkey was. You start with stationary, sitting or standing. and then how do I move out of that? And even within stillness, there's still movement internally, circulation, everything's everything's still happening. So I think getting an understanding of that, just the absolute fundamentals of kind of human development and and how we go from lying on the floor to like into a, developing into a human, I think that was really important for me. and it's 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 how I see like, I think it's part of the reason why we have a philosophy at the gym of not putting handbrakes on kids either, like letting them, putting them in a safe environment, giving them a little bit of padding, but encouraging them to like push themselves and like that. We 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 we've got the space. There's <laughs> there's a rafted on the ceiling. We've got like a boxing bag. I never imagined that the kids would kids would be climbing around everything, like anything that they can see in there. <laughs> They, okay. they want to climb on, and we don't stop them because they're very self-regulating. If a kid is too nervous to do it, they won't do it. And obviously, you need to be observing them and put padding down. And, but we we very rarely touch wood. Get we don't really get accidents. It's normally when kids are distracted by other kids or distracted by themselves that they might they'll do something silly, like trip over something. But I think that's. That's the biggest thing I've found with the, the the stuff that I've pushed myself into. It's very much developmental and understanding kind of the core things of what it is to be human and then observing that in kids and trying to encourage them to, to be themselves. And yeah.
0: I get to say this because I, I my job isn't to look after kids in a class. So <laughs> I'm off the hook, but I remember growing up, we played bull rush, you know, through the school, which was like, did you play that? We sprinted. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So it was. There were two fields. One was flat. The other one was on a decline with some bushes, and it was a full-on tackle affair. Like it was, it was violent, right? Like you'd sprint and then you'd be taken down, or you're trying to take someone else down, like tackle on with the grass. And uh, one day, you know, we played this day in day out, probably for. I don't know what two years or something, like hundreds of reps. One day, one kid's kneecap slides off to the side, dislocates, it pops back on. Turns out he's like kind of hypermobile or whatever. I don't know the details. Anyway, banned. No more tackle ball rush. This was back in two in 98 or something. No, no, like early 90s. So I'm sure it's changed again, but even then I remember thinking like that there was, it wasn't the same when you took the tackling off of it and the falling and the failure and kind of like, I I guess a little bit of risk, even though statistically it was very low risk, it changed it and we actually quit. Nobody played it anymore. Is there anything you would say on, on having some of that healthy risk? Obviously there's not kneecaps getting blown out, but is there, is there anything you would say about like that crashing and the tumbling, like do you see that as important or that there's not enough of it or anything of that nature? I'm
1: conscious that parents might listen to this. Look, I, I put it this way. I, I, when I'm in the gym and I watch kids, I, I'm mindful of risk, but I'm more comfortable with letting them like try things. Oh, yeah. It's been a whole different story with, with my own son. <laughs> But I have to remind my, like, like because I've had that experience with other people's kids, I have to treat him exactly the same. And I, I, it gives me the shits, like watching him do some things, but I'll generally identify, is that going to be a bad fall if he falls or will that teach him something? And I think without, without that kind of stuff, like the, the risk taking and the the problem solving and the failure and the the hurt yeah (laughs) i i i just think it limits your ability as a human and obviously there's certain things like i mean there's certain more riskier games than others but i think it's something that it's so important it's i mean watch a watch a group of kids by themselves when they're not being supervised by their parents or anyone like they're out 10 11 year olds going off doing what they want they're not listening to anyone they're like roaming around playing tackle playing it's so and generally they're fine and yeah. they'll develop into into healthy adults i think yeah. i think encouraging it with it, it's it's where you see the the big risks i think you want to like limit it but i think I mean playing tackle bull rush on concrete is a little bit different than playing it on grass like little things little things like that i remember i remember playing touch rugby in intermediate school we we're like 10 or 11 and my mate got <laughs> tagged on the ankle and he happened to trip over and break his collarbone but yeah i think yeah i i think it's a very individual thing and in how parent people act i think we have a, an amazing group of parents i think they i think we attract a certain type of people, and I think they want that for their kids.
0: yeah, so that's your that's your role as a coach. It's like it's like not to wrap cotton wool, obviously to assess risk, but create the middle ground where you can get a bit of everything.
1: yeah, it's being hands off. i think I think one of we had a birthday party, and one of the the parents, I mean she was a friend of my wife, and she was she was commenting on how hands off we are. Just and letting them, and I think that's. I think it's. I think it's really important because kids can manage themselves. Well, they have to learn to manage themselves. And if you don't give them that opportunity, then it's never going to develop in them.
0: When I was young, I was with my dad for a while on a boat, and I was. I would have been twelve. I was, I think, twelve, and there was no one else. So it was just us for three months. And within, I swear, the first week he had tipped over a like a full jug of boiling coffee onto his arm. So it had like proper burns all the way up one arm. So it, one arm was all wrapped up. And then about three days later, we were sailing downwind and this rope kind of came off a winch and he was holding it in the other hand. And neither of these things had ever happened, but his other hand was now gone from rope burn. And I remember like that, that very day, I like had to do everything. Like I already had to do a lot, but it was like, you got to do everything basically. And uh, you know, if we, it feels like if we're always wrapped up in the wall and you never get exposed to, to, you know, whatever it is falling or, or hits or whatever, then when you like a 12 year old or even a six year old or an eight year old, they're actually pretty capable if they have to be. But if you guard it too much, then you don't know if the capabilities can still come through. you know what I mean?
1: I think we forget how capable we were. yeah, they're like they're super I, capable yeah I like I mean just being around kids they're talking to them like <laughs> they're they're incredibly smart and like all of them incredibly yeah, yeah. capable, all have their own interests, all have their they're all like like I mean I'm sure most kids could operate a phone better than you could do. Like, sure.
0: that's, that's like
1: they just need practice, yeah. like, like, but yeah, they can manage themselves. You just got to give them that opportunity. It's,
0: it's, there was a, just quickly the, yesterday I was at the gym and there was a big box of juggling balls. And one of the guys, little babies was sitting on the ground. He's like, he's like one. And I had four juggling balls in my hand. And I, he doesn't. He can't speak or anything, right? Obviously, the ball and the the box of the balls are sitting kind of in hit in between his legs. He's like in a straddle, sitting upwards in straddle. And I'm like, hey, Logan, can you? I'm going to throw you these balls. Can you put them all into the box? I just talk to him like an adult, like he's. I don't know what he what he heard. Anyway, I throw him one ball. It rolls in between his legs. I'm about five meters away. He just picks up, sits in the box. I'm like, all right, good job. Here's another one. He just did exactly the right thing, and then I'm like, at the end, I went over and gave him five. He can't speak a word, but he got the entire task. Like it might have been a chance, but I was like, all right, they're just at another level that you don't even assume.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the the biggest thing that I've noticed about having a child is they see and absorb everything. Mm-hmm. You can't even imagine what they're like, it's just incredible. Like what, like, like how I've seen, I did, so I did a fighting monkey mentorship with a group from Australia and and we actually got pregnant at the same time as another couple over there and Glenn and, yeah. and so, I mean, I've only watched their son grow from Instagram, but like, he just mimics everything that they do, yeah. like, just like if they're around that and they're they're, they're absorbed by it. i mean he's in the gym every day with them watching people move around they and it's the other thing with siblings like that's why generally the second and third or fourth child just learn far, they, they have they have to develop faster that's right um, yeah because they've got to keep up yeah i mean we were i remember as a kid i was like eight seven or eight we were in my mate's tool shed on a lathe building forts halfway up the hill like <laughs> you just like, like it's, it's just a matter of exposing them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I think you're doing great work and I, I'm keen to, it's one of those things where you're like, well, we all, all the kids need to get exposure, right? Like if they don't naturally have an opportunity to get that, it's like, we need lots more of your gyms around the world, basically.
1: Oh, it's just it's just those fundamental things like landing, rolling. That's basically what we center sent out for. It's funny, there's, there's those two things, landing and rolling, being able to, to absorb things. Yeah,
0: fundamental but hard to teach. If you're if you're an adult and you're you're working sixty hours a week or something, even if you do have more time. And you've been disconnected from parkour, you know, for 20 years, they might seem basic to you, but, you know, for a lot of people, it'd be hard to grasp how to even begin with a lot of those. It things. is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, we have adults classes too. And as a male, it's the biggest thing, they're like, should I haven't jumped off something over a meter for 25 years. Yeah. It's just we, we kind of stopped doing it.
0: Mm. Yeah. I've realized that sprints, doing a lot more sprinting lately, which I didn't do for probably 15 years. And the first four months was rough. There's a total shock, you know, but I am seeing now more, there's a lot of stuff out around even the importance of jumping for older people and sprinting for older people. And so it seems like there's more exposure coming through.
1: Just want to go join a game of touch at the local school. Just do That's that right. every day and you'll be <laughs> you'll be sweet <laughs> as long as you don't pull anything.
0: That's right. Is there anything else on the business side that you'd like to talk about in terms of, you know, how you attract kids, how they find you, what you found helpful in marketing, or just things that you learned along the way?
1: I think probably the most important thing, and this is because we, we grew in the first three years with very, like, literally no marketing it was it was all word of mouth was having a product that the kids loved and wanted to come back to was the most important thing and also not being stale like being innovative observing what they liked being prepared to change things especially on that side of the things if you've got something that the kid really likes parents happy generally I mean we had all these grand ideas when we first opened but if a kid drops the kid the parent drops the kid off and they've run around they're tired they've had a ball they want to come back job done like like i think that that's probably the biggest thing i've learned with with kids is is they have to want to come back you have to make it compelling for them to to want to come back
0: yeah there's a very big but there's a very big business lesson in that for everybody Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like an adult gym. So seriously, it's like, you know, there's a case for retention, right? One of the strategies, a lot of adult gyms will have is like a retention system. So one in particular is called like a traffic light, like red, orange, green. If someone hasn't come this, we're not talking like a big gym, but like a community gym, like if someone hasn't come for a while, they're orange light. They've really dropped off. It's a red light. So you give them a call and it like, it's helpful. It makes it, 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 it serves a purpose and it's really nice to be able to create that connection with the client but the other flip side is like a cafe doesn't have that ability to call the customer they have to innovate the menu or like what you just said if you could if you didn't have that ability how would you innovate how would you make the class so good that they just can't wait to get back
1: yeah well they're growing with you yeah like it's not it's not like we've had some kids for Three or four years, four years, five years. Like <laughs> I never imagined that I never imagined where we're not a competitive sport where they're going out and competing all the time and getting that kind of reward, they're just turning up to the gym once a week and having fun. And that actually is compelling enough for them to keep coming back for five years, So uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it, it is definitely an, and, it, and it's how you relate to the kids too. Like, especially if you're working with kids, like you have to love working with kids. And it's always about them. I mean, that was one thing I learned from my first boss was, and this was in a swim school was, it's all about the kids. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was hard because you, 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 everything was about, if you didn't want to turn up that day, if you're feeling a bit crap, like, nope, you have to show up with a smile and cause they recognize it instantly. Mm. Kids will read you better than, better than most adults
0: yeah and test you too right
1: oh yeah they love it they love testing you that is their favorite thing and if you if you engage with that it's like magic yeah (laughs) yeah 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 they love testing you i mean even the, the the having having the child before they can speak and like seeing how his he develops his communication through his face and gestures and it's incredible. Like we 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 can communicate completely communicate through just looking at each other.
0: Yeah.
1: It's little, without sound, like you just—it's amazing how they develop that. Yeah. I um, that. And I think, and that—that's true for all kids. Yeah. Like they just—they'll look at you. They can tell by the look on your face, like <laughs> exactly what's kind of going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Talk about just quickly, you do holiday programs as well, things that are outside of your, because you have a term structure and then then the holidays.
1: Yeah. So we do after school, weekend classes, we do holiday programs. We try and be a little bit more innovative without, we see the holidays as kind of trying new things because I think it's important to see how things go. They're a bit more experimental and then we kind of use what we learn there for the term classes as well. And we also do birthdays which are heaps of fun as well. Haven't had any adult birthdays in there yet, but I've had a few people (laughs) mention it. So I might have to, might have to get that to happen soon.
0: What do you do in the birthdays? just similar thing. A big, a big kind of like a big class.
1: It depends on the age depends on the age. Well, generally, and it depends on the group as well. Like if you've got a group that just wants to play, let them play. If they need a bit of guidance, we'll do activities, games, set up different stations for them. Sometimes parents drop them off, leave them there. Sometimes parents want to kind of join in, especially with the younger ones, like four and five-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So it's cool What it's cool watching the parents with their kids in there as well, like just seeing them and seeing how they explore the space.
0: Yeah. Super inspirational, man. I think one of the most important, you know, if I think about it, one of the most important topics that we've had on the podcast one of the most important topics there is really i think back to my childhood and the memories and i was just speaking to my dad yesterday about specific experiences and there's always been movement and you know it's always been when we're doing something like what you're creating and yeah to be doing that and creating that opportunity for them i think is really cool
1: I think that's a real important point. It's like when you're doing something with someone, like that's what you remember. You remember. Do you remember? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're uh, <laughs> building a fort, like playing a game, even playing spaces. It's all movement. Like it's out of the house. Yeah. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. So, anything coming up into 2023 that you guys are doing at Bonobo?
1: That you. Want to I think just we're keeping moving forward, I think, yeah. yeah, it's our big, our big focus at the moment is just growing, getting more kids into it. Also giving more opportunities for the coaches that we've got to do more and grow themselves. Yeah. It's been, it's been kind of when we started, it was, I don't, I don't know how I survived, but the first kind of two years, it was just me like running a, <laughs> wow. running a business. And so we've got staff members now and it's, um, it's awesome. Like, it's awesome. Having more people like involved and and also i think this year it's one of my weaknesses is is trying to collaborate with people outside the gym a little bit more And i think that's really important too
0: in the community
1: in the community yeah, yeah. i mean it's it's a weakness of mine i'm very kind of <laughs> focused on the things that i want to do but every a lot of the positive experiences we've had is when we have worked with other people in the community yeah yeah
0: and you've got a parkour guy in there now
1: Yep, Jack, he's a local parkour athlete, does believable things in there. Kids are jaw dropping every day, <laughs> some of the stuff that he does, but it's, it's so cool. Having someone, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a massive mover. I mean, I mean I've played sports and stuff, but not like him, having someone like that, him in there where kids can see the possibility is you just, you just see the look on their face. it's just like yeah i think i think it's i think it's really important to have people like that
0: yeah excellent all right man well thank you Timon, for your time and is there anything else you want to add that we've forgotten
1: i don't think so i don't think so i think i think we've covered i think we've covered a lot of it i think i think the topic of, of just the like getting kids moving is just whatever they do yeah like giving them opportunities that they can engage with it's just yeah, it's, it's just so important.
0: Yeah. It takes a lot too, huh? A lot of move Like, it's not just a, like,
1: they, you know, I, it's not just minutes of
0: movement. It's a lot of movement. <laughs> I, used to,
1: I used to run swim camps every January. Our goal as coaches would be to exhaust them because then we'd have less trouble in the evenings. Mm-hmm. i tell you what, they train four hours a day and would do activities at lunchtime and after dinner, and they would still play up at night. Yeah. Like they just I just can't you can't believe how kids bounce back. Like it's just yeah fountain <laughs> of youth.
0: <laughs> all right, brother. Thank you for sharing and I'll put the links to your business down the bottom. Do you want to just mention where people would find you on social media and website in case they want to look at it? Check it out. The
1: website is just bonobo.co.nz and now all our socials are at bonobo.nz. nz. B-O-N-O-B-O, I spelled that right, N-Z. Yeah,
0: cool. All right, man, thanks heaps. We'll speak to you soon and thanks again for sharing. Thank you.